0: Cast.
1: Well, hello, friends, and welcome to episode 100 of the Burden of Command podcast. I'm your host Earl Breon. So, this episode was initially meant to uh, be for a very special guest, a gentleman named Jason Redman. Uh, he's written a couple of great books: uh, Trident, The Forging and Reforging of a Navy Seal, and his latest book, Overcome. Uh, but due to some health issues, uh, Mr. Redmond had to reschedule. And so I decided to go a little different route with this uh, being the 100th episode. And and first and foremost, Jason, if you're listening to this, brother, get well soon. Really appreciate you wanting to be a guest on the show. Take care of the health. Uh, we're all sending you thoughts and prayers for a speedy recovery and, and that everything works out. And you have a spot on the show, Anytime, brother. Um, but I decided to kind of do more of a tribute episode. So I'm going to uh, go ahead and get into that right now for this 100th episode tribute episode for the Burden of Command podcast. All right, everybody. Uh, again, welcome to this 100th episode. Uh, man, I can't believe that we finally got here. Uh, it seemed like after the first couple of seasons there uh, with a stop and start uh, that you'll be able to hear, you know, when you go through and you listen to these past episodes, you'll hear some uh, some clear differences from season one to season two. And then, you know, we started season three, and thankfully we haven't had to stop Uh, since and it has been outstanding. It's been due to a great supply of guests and first and foremost I want to thank the folks that helped me with those guests. Uh, You know in the beginning I was cold calling people. I was sending messages on LinkedIn and Facebook and I was uh, talking friends into joining me on the show. And, uh, you know, that worked, but everybody I know, uh, at the time, this was pre COVID when I started this, they were speakers and trainers, and they were traveling around the country doing their thing. And they all didn't have, uh, just all the time in the world to sit back and talk to Earl on leadership. Uh, so it was a little hard getting folks here to keep this thing going steady. Uh, but then I had some folks reach out to me from the mighty fine uh, C.S. Lewis Publicists and Company, and they started feeding me great guests. Uh, you, you've loved a lot of the the people that they've sent to this show, and they've just been a steady, steady supply of guests. So C.S. Lewis Publicists and Company, thank you very much. I really appreciate everything that you do uh, for me and my listeners here at the Burden and Command podcast. Uh, Same thing goes for Interview Valet. Tom and Karen Schwab, Tom's been a guest on this uh, podcast, but uh, Tom, Karen, and the the group there at Interview Valet, they're just amazing people. I love working with them. I love all the guests. I love their process. Uh, They are a fantastic group of people. So if you are looking uh, to be a guest on more podcasts and you really want a great group of people to work with, Interview Valet. They are fantastic. Um, then I've had a couple of other groups that have come in here and showed up and sent me uh, some guests here and there, top quality guests, great to work with, but, uh, interview connections and speak on podcast, You know, they really have, and this is what I love about these, these services that, uh, have reached out and we've developed this relationship. I love them all. I love all four of these. They've, they've given us really good guests with really good subject matter and they've allowed me to expand my horizons uh and knowledge base when it comes to leadership. You know, I've had folks on here uh talk about leadership as a board of uh member of a board of directors. Uh talk about personal leadership with dealing with personal trauma that's holding us back. Uh talking about personal leadership as far as like mindfulness and dealing with stress. Um, had a few experts on here talking about diversity and inclusion and the sources of unconscious bias, building psychologically safe work areas, building best places to work. We've covered the gambit of leadership discussions on this show, and really 100% of that is due to these great services that I've mentioned. So again, C.S. Lewis Publicist and Company interview valet, speak on podcast, interview connections, and if there's anybody here that I'm forgetting, I do completely apologize. But you know, you guys have just done a really good job of keeping me supplied with awesome people and awesome guests uh, for my listeners, and it showed. You all have helped me uh, really grow this show from you know just a handful of listens per episode to quite a few more listens per episode and we're still growing. And, uh, you know, this is episode 100, but who knows? I've got uh, out through like episode 130-something already scheduled uh, to be recorded, so I have no doubt that uh, thanks to our great partnership so far, we're going to get to 200 shows. And that's uh, in no small part uh, due to you awesome listeners. You know, It's not enough to just have uh, great guests coming your way uh, if nobody's listening to the show, and you all are, and you're sharing the show, the audience is growing, and I really appreciate everything you've done. You know, for somebody like me who's got my background, um, you know, I see some of the, the titans here in podcasting, and it's who wants to listen to me, right? Who wants to listen to me talk about leadership? Well, I got an answer. You all do. Okay, my listeners, you have shown that you like what my guests have to say, maybe some part you like what I've got to say, and I think every single one of you you've taken that responsibility, that call to action to rate the show, share the show, uh review the show, do all of these things, and you know we're building you know a really great community here. Um, if you haven't gotten on Twitter, that's probably where we get the most play right now is on Twitter. Just follow me at B O C underscore podcast, bird of command podcast. Uh, we're on Facebook at the kind of the parent company site, leadership phalanx. I share stuff on there. Uh, the Instagram feed is starting to catch fire too, with some of the, um, picture posts I'm doing. And I'm looking to get some more audiograms and stuff like that out there. You know, it's kind of a one man show. So I don't have all of the great assets that some of the big, big shows have, but y'all have stuck with me and I really appreciate it. Loyalty is huge and you all are definitely a loyal fan base. Um, again, speaking of loyalty being huge, I wanted to take the next uh, part of this tribute here and pay tribute uh, to my guests. You know, I've got great listeners. I've got great people supplying me, great guests. And then the guests themselves have just been outstanding. Now, as I mentioned in the in the beginning, uh, a lot of these folks were, were people I knew or people I had a direct connection with. And I went back and I looked at the show stats from back when we started on Podbean uh, up until now where we're on Anchor and we're getting ready to hit, uh, closing in on 5,000 listens uh, on Anchor. And we had uh, right around 5,000 listens on Podbean as well. So, 100 uh hundred episodes, and we got ten thousand ish listens a little bit more than that. so yeah, yeah, we're getting a hundred averaging a hundred listens per episode may not sound like a lot to most folks, but you know what? there are a hundred dedicated listeners, and as Gary Vaynerchuk once said, uh you know, I would rather have a hundred dedicated followers on Facebook that are uh, interacting, sharing, and doing all of those things with my posts than having a million who aren't. And so I value you 100 that have stuck with me and and stayed with it uh, completely. And, you know, it's grown. Again, some of the first episodes didn't get that many. And a lot of the later episodes are getting a lot more. So we're talking average numbers here. Uh, But keep doing that, please. Keep sharing the show. uh, Keep rating. Keep reviewing. Leave me feedback. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on Podbean or excuse me, I'm on uh, Spotify. I am still on Podbean, by the way, uh, on Anchor and all those things. And you know, Anchor's got this great feature. You'll see on the, all the links, there's a thing there where you can click on it and you can leave me a voice message. And I really have hoped to uh, get some voice messages on there and be able to inject those into the show at certain points. Uh seems like y'all are a little timid with that, but hey, Get on there. Leave me some voice messages. I'd love to uh, build some shows around y'all's direct voices. But back to my guests. So what I want to do to kind of round out the show and close things out is I really want to pay tribute to what, according to stats, have been my top 10 shows and their responses to that foundational question. You know, I started this uh, podcast because I wanted to ask, great people, one question to get a real gauge on leadership. And that question is, when you hear the phrase burden of command, what does that mean to you? So here they are. These are my top 10 episodes as based off of statistics and direct feedback from y'all and their responses to the question, What does the phrase burden of command mean to you? So we're going to start off with episode one, which was Dov Baron, And Dov is a friend of mine and uh, he came on the show as a courtesy uh, for me uh, because, you know, Dov, uh, if you're listening, I know you're a big baller and I really appreciate you uh, throwing me a bone there and being my very first guest, but the people loved you too. So you are on the list as one of the top uh, responses to that question. And here's what Dov had to say.
2: Um, That's, you know, even at the title of it, I was thinking that, wow, that's a very interesting title, The Burden of Commend. And I think that the burden, the word burden implies um, suffering. And I don't believe in suffering. I I believe in choice. And I think that there is... um, I think before you can even get to the burden of command, you have to have the burden of choice. And the burden of choice is self accountability. So, you know, it's my life, I'm living it. And if I don't like what's happening, then I am responsible for that. And I think that before you can look at commanding others, one has to command one's own life. And that starts with the willingness to accept the responsibility for one's own choices. So before I think about the burden of command, I think about how many people refuse the burden of self-command, self-accountability, self-responsibility? Um, and it's actually easier to have it on someone else than it is to have it on oneself.
1: We'll follow that up with guest number two, who is a friend of a friend at the time, but has become a friend since then, and that is Judy Hoberman. who's episode number two, so I came out of the uh, gate swinging, apparently, according to you statistics. And uh, you really love what Judy had to say. So here was her answer to what does the burden of command mean to you?
3: Well,
4: to me, I, you know, I have a couple of different thoughts on it. But it, to me, it means like, what kind of leader are you? Like, really, what kind of leader are you? And I believe that a burden of command is, it sounds more of the it takes like a negative connotation it's almost like you have to do this and you have to do it right and i say that for me the burden of command is really more of a privilege as you know as somebody that is going to be a leader for others for people to be influenced by and to be influenced from i believe it's also about respect and honor and trust so even though when I first heard the term, I thought, ooh, I'm not sure if I like that term or not. But then I really thought about it, and it really is more of a privilege. That's what I'm thinking, for me anyway.
1: Now we'll skip ahead a few here to uh, episode eight. Mr. Joe Calloway really, he embodies simplification, right? He, he, he loves the simplification process, and I think that really resonated with you all in his episode. So here is Joe Calloway's answer to what does the praise burden of command mean to you?
5: You know, it's interesting. When I when I first heard that and that that was the name of your show, I had a little bit of a negative reaction to burden and I thought, well, God, you don't want to call it a burden. Now, wouldn't you want to go with responsibility responsibility? Something a little more positive, but then the more I thought about it and I like it because it is, I think, a really thought provoking phrase. There is an element of a burden that goes with command and that goes with with leadership. And so, uh, I, I, I think that it goes along with responsibility in that any leader who truly is Uh, a a servant-oriented leader is going to feel that really strong, strong, powerful level of responsibility. And it is a sense of a burden of of command because when you're in command, um, so much depends on you. And so I I ended up really liking the phrase because it made me think.
1: All right. So... Again, episode number 10. This is another friend of mine, Jim Bouchard. Uh, Love this guy. He's given me a lot of opportunities. I've been a guest on his show. We've had a lot of great conversations about leadership. Jim's just an outstanding individual. Uh, Him and his wife, Alex, they're just rock stars in leadership development. And I'm happy to see some posts talking about how they're getting ready to get back out on the road. So episode 10, Jim Bouchard. This is what the phrase burden of command means to him.
3: I'm so glad you you asked that question because you got two loaded words in there as far as I'm concerned. The first one is burden because leadership is not a burden. It's a privilege. It's an honor, right? And I know the spirit you intend that in. So this is just kind of fun semantic games. And the other one is command because, and again, I appreciate that, the application of that word. But, you know, I've been saying for a long time now, especially in, in private business now. The age of command and control is dead. It's over, right? And if you're still operating in that mode as an individual or as an organization, uh, you know y- you're you're in serious trouble, or you're headed for it. And you know it's interesting. I know you and I have talked about this. I think people, the average person, misunderstands completely what the word command means from a military perspective. I've never met more compassionate leaders, more more people that really care about the people they serve and the people they serve with than than military leaders. So. Um, I think the I think what's happened is in the civilian world, we've really misused that word command. So anyway, there's my thoughts. Command, you, you know, we've got to make sure we're clear on what that's all about. And burden, hell no. Leadership is not a burden. It's a privilege. It's an honor, right?
1: Okay. Next up, we have on episode 16, a lady who uh, worked in my... I'll say hometown where I live now, as deputy chief of police, and then moved to IU Bloomington to become the IU Bloomington campus police chief, and as Chief Jill Lees. Chief Lees is an outstanding lady. Uh, her son graduated from Marine Corps boot camp not too long ago, so Urah and Simperfi, and um, you know she had a lot of great wisdom to share during her episode. But it all started with her answering the question. What does the phrase burden of command mean to you?
4: Thinking about how I wanted to answer that question, um, I just wanna break it down a little bit. When people think of burden, they think of I think something negative or something a huge weight on their shoulders. Um, while being a chief of police does have a large amount of responsibility and weight um, you know, on my shoulders, I really feel that it's, it is full of responsibility. Um, it is my responsibility to all of those that serve the Indian University Police Department to make sure that they go home safe at the end of their shift each night. Um, officer safety is my number one priority here. Um, I wanna make sure that everybody is safe and um, does not get injured on the job. So there's a huge burden or a huge responsibility to make sure that everyone is safe and also, as a chief of police, there is a huge burden in regards to making sure that I try to reduce liability as much as possible um, through policy, policy review, uh, putting different procedures in place and practices. Um, you know, they always say it's lonely at the top, and uh, being the chief of police is is something that is is a huge responsibility. Um, so that's how I would define the word burden in that in that um, title. Um, and then command is. Really important that a good leader, a good chief of police, is someone that can make a decision. That someone can not, you know, be a dictator. Um, but in my in my case, I'm a big on servant leadership and be that servant leader. But also be able to take command, uh, be able to make a decision in crisis, and have that command presence um, not only among the troops or the officers on the department, but also in the community that you serve. So I guess in in the totality of the the title, burden of command is having that responsibility to be a leader, to act, to lead, to do what you say you're going to do, and to follow through with that, um, knowing that there is a huge responsibility that goes along with being chief of police.
1: All right. Now, just a couple episodes later... I had another good friend of mine, former active duty Marine, and host of a great podcast in and of itself, the Dose of Leadership podcast, and that was Richard Ryerson. Now, Richard Ryerson had a great answer to what does the phrase burden of command mean to you, and here it is.
0: You know, it's a great question, but I think, I know from my experiences, and of course, watching some of the great leaders, ones that I've Wanted to emulate, or I've at least respected and thought, "Wow, if I could only be like them." It seemed like it, it can be, and it is uh, kind of a, a lonely, thankless position. On the surface, I mean, I think it, it's you play the long game, and when you and I use air quotes, sacrifice. You, it's it's really a requirement. The sacrifice actually produces long term gains. It produces all those things that we're chasing, right? Of of satisfaction, fulfillment. But it's an obligation, right? And that burden is, um, it's an obligation. Uh, it's messy, it's dirty, it's muddy, it's gritty, it's grimy. But at the same time, it's the most fulfilling thing that there is, right? Um, but I think that's the burden is that there's no quick fixes. It's, it's the long haul, it's a marathon, uh, and it can be extremely lonely at times. That's how I see it.
1: So, we're going to take a little bit of a time jump here and we're going to skip ahead to episode 34 uh, with Mr. Tim Loopfer. Now, Tim Loopfer and I had a great conversation because we're both history people. And um, Tim's response to the phrase burden of command uh, is really rooted in his understanding of history and how leaders have been selected throughout history. So you're going to love this one. And uh, here is his answer to the question. What does the phrase
6: burden of command mean to you? I think I have two answers to that question. First, the burden of command is that your name is on the results. And that is definitely a burden. There are a lot of organizations where people try to point fingers at somebody else and evade all that good stuff. But the good organizations put the responsibility and the authority where it should be and and that's com- and excuse me that's command and the second piece of that is i think to be effective in command you have to have two tools and those two tools are authority and the other one is influence and so if it's okay Earl can i uh, sort of describe each of those a little bit command excuse me authority is the power of the position. And that is top-down, that is bestowed by the organization. And a lot of times I see people thinking, oh, authority is kind of a bad word and we shouldn't have to use it. And this is where I take a pretty strong stand. Now, authority is an extremely important tool. It's a very important tool for leadership because leaders in any situation need to invoke or use both influence and authority. Now, like I say, authority is top down, but that happens because we have hierarchies and hierarchies are necessary for us to do anything at scale. And so when you occupy a position, the organization gives you a certain amount of authority or power in that position, and you do need to use that. Now. The problem that we all know about with regard to authority is some people use it as a sledgehammer and use it all the time. But the most effective leaders I've seen use both authority and influence. Now influence is the other side of the coin. Influence is the personal interaction that the leader has with his or her followers. And influence is more from the bottom up, it's organic. So you've got authority, which is top-down, and you have influence, which is really organic or bottom-up. Now, the influence that a leader uses, I divide into three basic parts. And, of course, influence is pretty complicated, but I've tried to divide it into something pretty straightforward. First of all, there's a lot of unconscious or subconscious communications that go on between us humans. Does it matter or does it help if you're tall? Well, empirical evidence suggests yes, at least in the short term. Does it help if you have a really good appearance? Yes. Uh, so there are some things like that, and these are things we can work on, but they all, these all tend to work sort of under the radar. They're sort of the subconscious things that we respond to, but they're very important in terms of influence. The second piece of influence is a lot more straightforward and direct. And that's the communications that you do as the leader with the people you're leading. And that's the direct communication, which is always best if it's human to human, face to face, eyeball to eyeball. Um, It's very interesting. In our brains, we have more neurons dedicated to the visual than any other sense or any of the other senses combined. We are a visual species. And so that's very important in terms of influence when leaders react with their followers. The third piece of influence I call reputation. And that's the set of stories that a leader gathers as he or she develops as a leader. And these stories travel. And uh, people are always asking about, well, who's the new person? Or I'm now working for so-and-so. And they hear about the reputation. And so that's another piece of influence. Now, the interesting thing is a lot of times we can't control reputation. Uh, People certainly (laughs) work pretty hard to do that, but sometimes some stories can get out there. Sometimes they're true. Sometimes they may not be true, but that's all part of influence. What I want to conclude in this piece, Earl, is just to say I have never observed an effective leader that did not know how and when to use both authority and influence. In other words, the, the effective leader, and this would certainly be the effective commander, knows when each of those tools is appropriate and knows how to use them at those times. Now, my next
1: episode, and I'm glad that you all really enjoyed this one because I reached out to this gentleman and we worked hard to make this happen. Uh, There's another police chief, police uh, chief Jason Armstrong of the Ferguson, Missouri Police Department. And he had a really amazing answer to that question. What does the phrase burden of command mean to you? And here it is.
7: The phrase burden of command to me um, is simple. Um, and, and for me, it just relates back to responsibility. Um, when you're in that command position, um, you, you carry the responsibility. And so it doesn't matter if you the commander of just a team or a shift, or if you have an entire unit or division up, up under you, you know, you carry the responsibility for, for those under you. And so being a police chief, you know, the burden of command is everything inside the police department uh, stops with me. Um, when decisions have to be made, uh, you know, I'm I'm the one that that has to make those decisions. Um, and so, you know, that's that's something that I, you know, I, I don't take lightly. Um, and I'm I try to be very in, intentional about that burden um, because you know I, I understand the gravity of of what comes with it. Um, and the people that you know uh, are looking to you for guidance are looking to you for reassurance. Um, and And you know that's that's a burden that when when you decide to take on that, the challenge of being a police chief um, that you you can't you know you can't escape from, uh, you can't hide from it. <laughs> you know, no matter how much we all may wish, you know certain things don't you know fall into our lap. Uh, we, we have to be ready you know for when those crucial times happen. Um, because you know, we, we do carry that burden and we, we carry that responsibility.
1: All right. We're going to skip ahead a little bit more here. And, uh, the next one that came in and you'll notice these aren't necessarily in order of how they scored, uh, statistics wise, uh, but these are in chronological order based off being part of the top 10. I know maybe a little weird way to do it, but I wanted to put this together in a podcast format, uh, so y'all could go back and and follow through and check out these episodes and and be able to kind of follow through a little bit better. Hopefully that makes sense. Maybe it doesn't, but that's how my mind works. But this is episode 48. This is a lady named Amy Posey. Uh, Amy and her co-author uh, wrote a leadership book based around extreme sports. And uh, her and Kevin Vallely, um, you all love both of those episodes, uh, but her... Her episode just kind of edged Kevin's out a little bit, and I really enjoyed her answer to the phrase, what does the phrase burden of command mean to you? So here is Amy's response.
8: Well, so I I look at it, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a glass half full. I'm kind of a glass mostly full and kind of overflowing sometimes kind of person. And so when I hear the word burden, um, it, it's, it's kind of got a negative connotation in a for a little bit for me. I, but you think about leadership and you think about the the trust that people put in you when you are in a position of command and you are a leader. And there's just that deep responsibility. And so I, I guess burden then kind of makes that shift to a more positive thing. It's that holding the responsibility to lead others truthfully and honestly. And to to build trust, and so when I when I think about it, when I think about how leadership is continuously evolving, I've been thinking a lot about um, the the emotional intelligence impact of a burden of command, and being able to understand your own emotions and how you show up as a leader, and being really cognizant of how your thinking <laughs> patterns, behaviors. Are part of that, and that you have a responsibility to really think about how you want to lead in an emotionally intelligent way, because people are putting their trust in you to lead them, but also take care of them from from a standpoint of emotions too. I think leadership is really evolving these days, and those emotional factors um, of how you lead, I think, are so critically important. in the leaders that I work with and know who spend time in that space of metacognition or thinking about their own thinking and their emotions do a much better job and enjoy the burden of command and take it on with, with a much greater responsibility than maybe we've thought about leadership in the past. So it's, it's cool to see this evolution because I, I definitely started in, um, <laughs> in organizations with a much more command and control Aspect, And I think there's times and places for that, but I've just seen the evolution, especially in the last two to four years of a, of a, just a more elevated focus of leadership than we've had in the past, which is amazing to, amazing to watch. We're getting smarter about how we work.
1: All right. Last and certainly by no stretch least, We're going to fast forward all the way to episode 91, and an outstanding lady, I love this conversation with her, Michelle Silverthorne, author of Authentic Diversity, we had a fantastic discussion, and I really, really enjoyed everything she had about her answer of what the phrase burden of command means to her, and here that is.
9: That's a great question. I mean, I work with a lot of leaders. The whole book that I wrote, "Authentic Diversity," is really about what it is that leaders can do. And when I think of the phrase "burden of command," I think not just of the exhaustion and the stress and the pressure that is put on leaders to be the ones who set the norms, set the examples, set the atmosphere to ensure that we are creating a workplace of inclusion. But you know what I also think about, I think about the leaders who are constantly having to navigate choices right so if i am a minority candidate who is coming in and you as a leader have to decide how are you going to make sure that this person is able to succeed in your workplace all of that that pressure and that stress on you to do that work but then there's also that pressure and stress on that minority candidate to say Do I have someone who believes in me? Do I have someone who supports me? Am I working with someone who's able to give me those resources as well? And if you as a leader recognize that, then I think that that's that additional burden, the knowledge that your job as a leader and your job as a commander, the person to be doing this leadership, people's livelihoods are at stake. People's careers are at stake. People's, whether they're able to feel included and are able to succeed and whether the barriers are reduced for their entry, um, well, not their entry, but their success, that's all a part of the work that you have to do. And that is a lot on your plate. And so when I think of the burden of command, that's what I think about, because it's not just about how, how hard the work of leadership is to me. For me, it is the people, right? The people that you are leading and the people whose lives you have the ability to transform. And that is, the, that is an enormous burden to carry.
1: All right, folks, look, there you have it. Those are the top 10 responses as voted by you, feedback, statistics, the whole nine yards, the most scientific approach I could take to figuring out the the top 10 answers that you all liked to that question. I'll say it one more time. What does the phrase burden of command mean to you? I would really love to hear the answer to that question from each and every one of you. So again, remember, anchor uh, the service i use now to host the podcast they have that little link and you'll see it uh, on here uh, especially if you click in to the blog post link it'll always have that in there you can click on the link and leave a direct voice message for me and i can take that message and i can pull it out and i'd love to put together a show similar like this uh to highlight your answers my audience's answers to that question what does the phrase burden of command mean to you? So if you're brave enough, get on there and answer that question, and I will use it in a future show. Well, look, folks, I'm not going to keep you here much longer. Uh, you've been great, great audience up to this point. I love everything that we're doing together here. I love the fact that we're changing the ideas of what leadership is and what leadership could be. This is only 100 episodes in But uh, I think the next 100 episodes are going to be even better. Please keep up, rate, review, subscribe, share the show. Let's help spread all of these messages as far as we possibly can. And you play a key role in that. And thank you for taking it serious. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for me, you know the drill. Burden.command at gmail.com. Reach on out and let me know. With that, thank everybody in this show. Everybody who didn't get mentioned, I love all my guests. All your answers have been fantastic. I love every single one of them, but these were just the top 10. Thanks to all the folks who sent me guests. Thanks for being a guest. Thanks for being listeners. And I look forward to speaking to each and every one of you again in the next episode.
0: Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the One Bet podcast?
1: David, have you ever seen a grown man naked?
0: Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th i like airplane i know you do but one to bet is a sports betting podcast each week we bet a thousand dollars on the nfl teams and games that we love well that sounds like fun it is fun and last year you picked over 60 percent of your games correctly how'd you do we're not talking about that we are telling people that they can find us every friday so no more movie quotes
3: roger roger
0: electric acid.